Hello, and welcome to Death of a Thousand Cuts, making you an awesome writer, one cut at a time. My name's Tim Clare, and at the time of recording, we're cruising through the first week of my eight-week Couch to 80k writing boot camp. Uh, this episode is fine to listen to if you haven't started the course yet, or you've got no intention of starting. I, I say yet, with all the cheeky presumption implied therein, I'd love to get you on board, but don't feel you have to. Um, I just wanted to do a little diary episode, a few reflections by Tim Clare on week one of the writing journey. Um, just some stuff off the top of my head about what's come up in this first week, because I've been thinking a lot about the different issues, and um, I, I t- in each episode, where I do like the little exercise, I've been sticking some relevant ideas and some thoughts over the day into them, uh, hoping that that sort of informs the practice and uh, gives you um, some abstract principles and some uh, ideas to think about, a little food for thought, really some chewing gum for thought to kind of keep you going and maybe um, uh, let the exercise give it some some kind of a resonance so it doesn't just exist in a void. But at the same time, uh, no, I mean, having listened to how rambly they are, you, you will never believe me that I've actually been uh, sort of cutting stuff out and editing myself so I don't go on for ages but obviously I feel like I could just harp on about the various things that have come up this week uh, about lists and about creativity and about starting a writing practice and uh, what it means for you I could go on about that for ages so I've you know I held some of that back um if you're doing the course you might want to you know you can I'm going to talk a bit on that and some of it might be helpful to you. I mean, I'm going to talk about my own writing practice as well, but obviously I'm going to try and say some things that I think might be interesting or relevant to you. Um, But I am very rambly and scatterbrained. That will come as no great surprise. I'll probably edit this a little bit, but not that much. So you certainly don't need to listen to this if you're working through the podcast. Uh, might be of interest to you, but it's not going to be in any way essential. I'm not going to uh, use any of this as the basis for later stuff later on and, and you, you'll have to have listened to it that's fine so uh, if you want to stick around that's lovely feel free to just uh, press stop whenever I get too boring uh, here be dragons basically so um first off I wonder have you got yourself a, a writing notebook yet perhaps you had one already um, perhaps uh, you've been noting stuff down just in various files or on bits of paper uh, but I did say at the beginning of the course, I did suggest that it's kind of like a good idea to start doing that. I've just uh, I just ordered myself a I've started writing in a new Oxford uh, black and red. Uh, it's an A4. It's black and red A4 hardback. But because um, when I was at university, the books that I wrote in then I just went through a phase of writing in A4 writing uh, jotters, jotters. They weren't jotters. I mean, I was jotting stuff down in them, but um, and I'd stick stickers all over the front of them, and I'd just like work through them, and I'd be all sorts of crap from uh, speed poems, you know, poems written in ten minutes with just a prompt for them to uh, ideas for stories, like little fragments of stuff, like idea man uh, has banana for eyes, uh, very angry about his divorce, decides to woo monkey god down from the sky with banana eyes to wreak vengeance on humanity and x or whatever you know uh, you know i'd put them in and uh little quotes from stuff and all sorts of different things and i'd begin stories and do exercise in it and, and i filled 
multiple ones. And the only thing I wouldn't do is just I wouldn't ever use it for like a, shop, a shopping list or Scrabble scores or something like that. It was always for writing. But aside from that, it was not sacrosanct. And every page was a, an ugly mess of scribbles and and using all the page as well. So there might be a poem down the left. And then I would sort of uh, yeah, like write a do a little line around it so I could use the rest of the page. Rather. And it was, it's really messy. And uh, lots of the writing is... Is, is kind of awful um but isn't that interesting that i even now uh you know i want to, to kind of like say to you i do know by the way that it was pretty shit you know pretty gauche uh my juvenilia was very uh it, it i mean it had a certain spark you know you could tell there was something there but uh un unrefined unrefined you know we have that you know you're not going to read it but i want to say i understand that tension where you want to kind of like do down your work because you're afraid that people are gonna see and judge you and and i had that with this but like it was you know a lot of it was shit but like it wasn't it was written in 10 minutes it was it was notes it's allowed to be and um i just want to say if you don't currently write on paper if you are keeping stuff on a laptop that's fine there's no and loads of people do it that way but just consider whether um switching media might bring out a different side of your writing practice uh, I don't and, and there's another whole question about whether you go super scrappy and you just get like a piece of crap like cheapest notebook you can find and you stick stickers on it and you draw your name on it in tipex and you rip pages out that you don't like and you just use a cheap biro and you scribble 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 because then that loosens you up because like it's obviously a, a notebook it's obviously shit it's you know there's no sense of presentation on the other hand it could be really nice to get yourself something fancy you know like you know, if you want to go for your kind of like really, really beautiful moleskin one, then you've got you do it in you buy get yourself a really nice pen that feels lovely that just kind of flows under your fingertips. You want to write with a fountain pen because that and 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 if that gives you a sense of legitimacy or it adds pleasure to the writing process, you could go that way. Now, I'd say the advantage with the scrappy one is that it's just you're never going to you're never going to be like overdoing it it's 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 always going to be something that you can just shove in a pocket it doesn't matter if it gets squashed uh, it doesn't matter if bits of it get torn or it gets rained on it's it's a tool it's a work thing and then you can shove it in a drawer at the end and you keep them and you have this pile of like complete shit ones as long as they kind of hold together i think like uh like spiral bound uh flip pads are a shit because they tend to like tear and and fall apart and you can't tell which direction they're going but like i you know i think you can go scrappy and and uh and kind of like that that has a certain charm on the other hand uh fancy can be nice because it makes you feel good about yourself and it may and it it it, it gives a message to your subconscious i'm taking this seriously um but then fancy can seem intimidating and i guess it's it's kind of like having a kink right and if it enhances your pleasure then it's lovely go for it like uh fill your boots uh, on the other hand if it if, if you become dependent on it if you cannot attain uh pleasure except within this one very rigid format then maybe your 
uh, limiting yourself, maybe, because, you know, that's the danger is with a fancy, fancy, schmancy notebook is that you start going, oh, you know, I need uh, two hours to write. I really need time to bed in and I need I've got my special notebook and my special pen and I only write in that. It's, you know, people make up all this uh, superstitious nonsense about their writing and it seems very harmless at first. You know, these these little uh these little nods towards uh, some kind of like idea about creativity and uh, honouring this kind of like creative spirit and it seems quite nice and it seems to be like touching like connecting in with some kind of tradition or or it can it feels like you're making yourself feel legitimate because you're saying look I'm a writer I have these uh, odd uh, I have these sort of odd writer's quirks. I look at my artistic temperament. I have to write in this one thing. And, you know, it's normally done with a kind of nod and a wink. But um, if you're not careful, that just becomes like another excuse. Uh, or, if, no, because, again, like, that is interesting, isn't it? This the idea that what we talk about when we talk about uh, excuses for not writing... Because that suggests that there's a hidden should there, isn't there? There's this idea that you should be writing. You ought to be writing. If you don't, you're bad. Isn't that interesting? It's so it's so baked into the language we use to talk about writing that you hardly even notice when you say it. Look, it can, that can become an excuse. You don't have to write. This is fucking important, right? You do not have to write. You do not owe anyone writing unless of course you're a professional writer with a contract and a book that needs finishing in which case you really do owe someone a book but if you you don't if you're you know if you're working on your writing and it's something you want to do you do not owe anyone writing um you aren't a bad person for not writing as much as the arbitrary amount in your head says you should um and you're not a failure uh or any level of sort of lazy or feckless or you might be a you might be a bit un, unmotivated, but that's not a failing of yours. That's just a logistic. That's just a technical problem. It's a value neutral problem to have being unmotivated to write. Um, I'm unmotivated to kayak, and that's a lie. I chose kayaking because it seemed intrinsically quirky. But actually, I'm thinking about it. I would love to go kayaking right now. I'm not even joking. Um, but so the, the, what I mean by fancy is you start imagining that you've got all the, that you're such so fragile as a writer that you need all these uh, props to get you down writing. Uh, these comforts, these uh, these kind of like uh, totems that you uh, hold on to. And, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with uh, keeping having a special a place where you write you know, a nice writing desk that you clean and you light some incense and you sit down and, you know, even, you know, if you want to sit down and ring a bell and uh, light some incense and say a prayer or, you know, in Buddhism, they, um, uh, in well, in some schools of Buddhism, you when you sit down to do a, a meditation, when you sit down to do a sit, you dedicate the merit of that meditation, of that sit, to other people. Um, you dedicate the merit that's going to come because you know it's it's a good well not a, it's good it's a skillful thing it's a meritorious thing to sit and meditate um, but you say I don't want the karmic benefit of this I'm going to give it to someone else you know you could do that as a writer you could always dedicate your writing to someone else say this isn't this isn't for me all of those things are are, 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 are lovely things you can do I'm not knocking them uh, but 
you can kid yourself into thinking that it's necessary and it's not necessary and i think it is valuable to know that you can write uh on the bus into your mobile phone even into uh onto a scrap of paper i think that i that back of a napkin kind of vibe although you can fetishize that and go oh look i only i only ever write on kind of like receipts and oh, fuck off like it's, it's fine to have a book it's fine to be practical but i think having that sense of like we can do this anywhere anytime we can get up at th- three in the morning and i i can't sleep fuck it i'm gonna set a sand timer and write for 10 minutes uh it's good to it that's good and it will that having that sense of just practicality and fuck it because the quality doesn't matter i'm just working my muscles right that is what's going to help you build your confidence that's going to make you realize look i'm just a i'm just a jobbing writer and i understand that this is a craft and there's love there and there's you know even a little bit of magic you know i don't i'm not trying to sort of pour cold water on this idea of a, a muse or serendipity or you know however you can connect with it that's meaningful that's fine but i think it's really important that you don't um you don't romanticize it to death to the extent that you never write you know you it's good to be able to just get your hands dirty you know treat it like a garden you know the idea that you it need there's a certain amount of quite like boring and unglamorous work that goes into tending a garden and it and it's beautiful and uh, nature and growth is miraculous but it doesn't take any particular fancy skill to like pull out weeds and i think i'm getting slightly off track here but you get the idea so go as fancy as you like personalize as much as you want i used to have powerpuff girl stickers all over my uh book that's my favorite one i want to get some stickers for this one because it looks a bit too it's a bit too serious and it's got like all these motivational quotes in the front as well which is nice but it's just not really me um but don't you know treat yourself if you want to but do not treat yourself into kind of like some shame shed where you where you go i don't where you just want it you open your own writing jotter and you think and you start and you just look at it and you go i don't deserve this i don't deserve this you know it's like uh if you're the kind of person if you're anything like me whenever you stay in a fancy hotel you feel like a burglar you feel like someone that you're gonna have any moment you're gonna feel a tap on the shoulder and someone's gonna say excuse me sir um it's just it's come to our attention that you're a scumbag please leave and i'll be sort of dragged out and turfed out oh, yeah, i feel uncomfortable now you know obviously maybe that's something i need to get over i don't because i don't need to stay in a fancy hotel that's fine but um you know just try and find your level and the other thing is consider how you're going to organize it you don't really it's not something you need to um well maybe for future generations you want to have a complicated index to it but um it's useful to considering investing in some highlighter pens or some little fluorescent post-its or just when you finish it you could just uh, stick a little post-it in the front that just has the dates from till so you know when you wrote it that's useful if if there's any particular notes that relate to a project you could have a little post-it sticking out the side all that's useful and i I should say look i'm the least 
craft oriented person in the world i hate shit like that i hate highlighters i hate using like little sticky notes i i, I some people are you know i push pins and <laughs> red yarn uh like conspiracy theorists of like organization they're like amazing and they're and they create uh, mood boards and huge tables and i i've always found that alien to me and yeah when i started doing it and i went you know actually tim how's it working out for you not doing any organization how's it working out for you not allowing yourself that play thinking i'm too serious at oh i'm i'm not visually i'm not a visual learner i'm not which which all that bullshit about like i'm sorry it's gonna upset people i know but talking about visual learners versus kinesthetic learners and all that there is no there is no, to my knowledge, there is no clinical studies that show, there are no studies that show definitively that people, some people are visual learners and some people are auditory learners and some people, I don't know, smell learners or whatever. Like, you, you don't limit yourself. People just, you just go into a rut and go, well, this is what I think I know and this is how I think I learn. So I'm going to, and, and so you get, you don't practice the skills that allow you to be good at learning in different formats. Just uh, be a, just 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 be a learning whore basically just go out and and try all these different ways of organizing stuff because i've really really enjoyed using highlighters for the first time it's a revelation i was like oh this is fun you can piss about it's good right um so that's my first little bit of sorry i went over a bit of like so we did lists uh this week in the uh boot camp i'm calling it a boot camp but like 10 minutes a day it's a very gentle boot camp it's more like a health spa um so far so we did lists and and i sort of i was using them as warm-ups and warm-up exercises in general like creative writing fiction pedagogy uh, is pretty crap at warm-ups uh there's a lot of workshopping of stuff i'm certainly at degree level there's a lot of um the sort of mfa kind of standard format and i've you know taught on some phd uh workshops as well and the you know the 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 workshop level and the seminar loads of that you can have a lecture from someone and you can sit with a group of your peers and feedback on your novels and that is a useful process i'm not saying that that isn't but um sitting down and going should we like just bash out something for 10 minutes like a uh, you know should we here's a little exercise here's a silly little um, word association game whatever like creative writing fiction pedagogy you hardly ever see because it's silly and also because there's that because there's still that like hangover of like writers are born not made you can't teach oh you oh no i mean you couldn't you can help people refine their writing yes i concede that you might be able to give them a sort of shove in the right direction if there's a fair wind behind them you may be able to uh, plot a course through the jagged reefs of uh, editing but you can't but there's a spark in there there's 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 something innate that bollocks and i hate that fucking and that is always by people who've got a vested interest in the in in uh creative writing fiction being this sort of aristocracy of twats uh, where you either are a writer or you are not therefore anyone who is uh, 
trying to be, who does not get anointed, um, might as well not bother. Bollocks. Bollocks. Uh, you, writing is te- is clearly teachable. I was taught creative writing. Well, I mean, okay, I might not be a great example because you might think I'm a shit writer, but I learned it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't grow up in like a, a, a literary family with all sorts of connections to London agents and editors. I grew up with parents who just were loving, amazing parents with a love of stories who read me stories and read me a lot of stories. I learned from that and I had great teachers all throughout school and then I focused on on creative writing and I learned it because I cared about it. That's it. There's no great secret to it and you can do that too, um, probably better than me. Uh, you, It's fine. But this idea that... You can't do warm-ups. It's just because it demystifies it, right? Titting about demystifies it. It, it. Oh, it's fun now. And, and and you know, they're much more common in drama and sport, aren't they? The idea of not doing warm-up exercises in a drama class uh, or in a, you know, improv class, it's just ludicrous. And the idea of graduating past them and then never doing warm-ups again. But, of course, then people mock you know drama warm-ups and and, and it was being pretentious don't we because we were because we're afraid of it because we did it's so stupid like the concept uh of a sketch of the sketchbook is absolutely normalized in in visual art you wouldn't expect an artist unless you're an idiot you wouldn't expect an artist to just only produce finished saleable works and never do any gathering of ideas and inspiration, never mocking stuff up, never sketching stuff beforehand, never doing any kind of planning. And and I think it's really, really important that writers get back to that. I think you it's just it's reliable. You can't get writer's block with a resource like listing. You can't have writer's block with that. So you will never run dry. In the same way, you look, you may find your current project that you are slated to write that you want to get paid for becomes difficult and you're not sure how to proceed. You may have that form of writer's block, but you will not find. And that is, and I'm not uh, diminishing how stressful and unpleasant that is, <laughs> by the way, because I've been through that and it's fucking awful, right? I'm not diminishing that, but you never need to fear that you are, um, that you don't have stuff to write about and talk about as a writer because you can do these exercises and these warm-ups and these uh, things and so like lists are just a very very basic way and I'm, I'm going to give you lots more I'm going to give you lots more of the next eight weeks of, of small exercises but we're going to do some stuff that builds together and and chains and some uh, exercises that use previous exercises as a jumping off point so we are going to attempt some bigger and more ambitious things but I'm all but within that you're going to get lots of stuff that is just you know raw um warm-up exercises that you can use any time before you attempt a big project or whatever and by having them as a resource you can you can m- melt the uh, stinking fat burg of um shit uh, cooking oil and disposable nappies that builds up in your um uh, in your writer's uh, sewage work sometimes and and stops the story from being shat out into the sea um you you some that 
create these little warm-ups just remind you you can write and that gives you confidence and it uh, sparks your brain to come up with solutions so i think they're really useful i i, I think with lists particularly and i don't want to sort of spend too much time uh, justifying <laughs> the first week because i'm very without you sort of all with me to say to me it was useful or look at what i came up with you know my fear is that you um you go well, well if you don't see your results immediately you might think does tim know what he's talking about or um is this just not for me and i just you know with lists I, i'm trying to I, what i'd really like you to be able to see is that there's a value there's great value in exhausting the obvious uh with creativity I, i've like i've rattled on about this before but the central struggle of all art is speaking the truth without stating the obvious and and that's a sort of like a a, a maxim and a truism that sounds very very nice and but it's actually quite trite and glib unless you can practically kind of drill down into what that means and, and how you uh, apply that to your writing you know and what i'm saying is i think it's really important where you do these lists and you reach the breaking point where you've listed all the names you can think of and you just and you go and you hit a block but actually there are a load more underneath that they're just ones you've rejected um because you think they're shit because there's a quality filter holding back all this other stuff if you're thinking up problems for uh you know your a protagonist could face when you hit that block where you go oh, i don't know if there's any more well actually what you've listed are ones that uh your conscious mind the uh, police officer in your mind has approved your uh, conscious uh, right thinking uh, socialized grown-up super ego-led mind is saying it's fine it's fine this is great this is acceptable these are acceptable and behind that is but there is a there is a, a heaving dam filled with all the stuff that my god <laughs> there's this there's this dark underbelly of terrifying stuff that your mind can come up with a lot of it some of it will be like horrendously childish some of it will be gauche some of it will be like screamingly sentimental and oh my god it's so teenage uh, it's so interesting to me that um it it's so interesting to me that there's this uh in poetry, you know, some of you will know that sort of like I have a background in doing performance poetry and they do this thing called the anti-slam. So it's like a, a poetry slam where people compete to do the best poem. Except in an anti-slam, everyone competes to do the worst poem. And a lot of the poets who go up there are professional poets, but they go up there in, in character. They take on a persona of a shit poet. And what's interesting to me is that that persona uh, and the poem that they do is so often ends up being this perverse parody of who they already are it's almost like it's the person they fear that they are or it's the person that they were the poet that they were when they were a teenager and so often it's someone who's very sincere or someone who's like overtly political and angry or someone who is too sherry but it's interest but the poems are hilarious and captivating and obviously they they work because we know that they're deliberately bad but there's something fascinating about that i think and um there when you exhaust the obvious and you're forced into what you've got left um some of it, most of it will be bad i think 
but and some of it will be terrifying to you you have the you you have stuff in you that you are hiding because we do that because we socialize because that's and that's a you know a generally healthy impulse as human beings you've got to live with each other but there is i guarantee you there is rage in there and there is gushing gushing love there is vulnerability um there is a fatuous childish sense of humor that just laughs at the most inane nonsense uh there is offensive things in there um all sorts of stuff and uh it, you know it, it makes you feel it can make you feel vulnerable and again i don't want to get too into this idea of writing as therapy although i will touch on that at some stage i just want to make sure i've got my facts right and i've got some like clinical uh studies to back up what i'm saying so i'm not just kind of like opining blithely about uh my ideology because i don't i think it's important that we actually anchor this in some kind of reality but uh if you're not careful <laughs> Uh, you know doing this process going through this process and writing is going to change you um, and I think writing this stuff down and doing these lists uh, I hope that what it's going to start doing for you is making elements of your internal creative process conscious and visible you're going to see them on the page and at first that can feel very awkward you know because it's something it's an unconscious process that the unconscious mind just handles and normally um, the conscious mind doesn't jump in until there's an error or a problem and then it kind of takes over. So hopefully, and, and, and when, so, but, but, but you're not used to handling this pro, pro, uh, elements of the creative process consciously. You just uh, rely on their being there and they've slowly built up over time. Um, we're trying to like retool it and give you um, an acuity of vision in, in what you're producing uh, and how you produce it, particularly how you produce it, that's the important part, um, so you can make ch changes and improvements and so you can consciously steer it, um, but the first effect of that is going to make it feel uh, awkward. Um, so like, I've found this myself this past week. I know you're not terribly interested in how doing this course, because I've been doing the exercises and I've been thinking through them, how it's changed me. But I've found my observational mind has been changing over this past week and a bit. Um, I've been when I've been out and about, you know, I take I'm sort of full time parenting my daughter Suki at the moment, who's 14 months now. And I, I've been you know going out with her and a little overhear conversations in uh cafes and uh, when we're in the play area and stuff and i i started listening into conversations thinking i should note that down um you know hearing two people talking on a table next to us while i'm feeding her her lunch and getting this whole life story and between the, and, and, and trying to work out what is the relationship between these two people? Why would this person, why would this guy be telling this woman about his stepson's second divorce? Why wouldn't she know about that? And why is he telling her where he lived? But she's telling, so is this a date? Are these two people on a date? You know, they're both in their 70s. And not, you know, nothing wrong with that. And they look good for being in their 70s. I'm not trying to chat them i'm not trying to interpose myself i don't fancy them but like uh you, you know I, things like that you know i was you know i've had it's been really interesting to me that um you know as i go around the world now i'm thinking i wonder what the name of that thing is i'm looking at uh 
because that looks really interesting. I'd love to put that in a story or I'd see something and a little phrase pops into my head. And I think I should note that down. And I'm going to fucking start noting it down because it's important. And the more you do that, the more you note stuff down, the more you, I dare you in this coming week to note down a sentence from a conversation you overhear. I dare you to actually write it down. Don't just think that you're going to actually do it. Because as soon as you give yourself permission to do that, um, your, <laughs> your, 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 obs- your mind will retool itself to noticing them. Now, I know it feels presumptuous, right? Because you write it down, you go, who am I to like nick bits of people's lives? And who am I to think of myself as a writer? Um, just to think of yourself as pissing about at the moment, I would. But um, I think once you start doing it... Uh, it starts changing the way you see the world and the things you notice change and the uh, and you start changing your route to work and you start engaging with people you wouldn't normally because you think, I want to know a bit more about this and you start, you know, like observing stuff. Uh, when you change the things you notice, the things you notice change. Is that, I, I think I heard that somewhere and I actually don't know what it means, but it's useful and it's fun and if you're not careful you can start to get a sense of wonder about your everyday life it's really weird how the and i'm i hope i'm conveying that i've started feeling a kind of a kind of wonder and it was actually making me really happy watching and listening to people because i thought the human beings are fucking amazing and we are and i was just i was I, I, there was a, these two guys these two drunks at like and I say drunks like a noun, like it's the whole of them, and it's not. But there were these two guys who were like, like were drunk at like just gone ten a.m. on like a cold end of October morning, and they were so happy, and they were holding hands walking down the street, and they did they danced and they hugged each other, and they were so affectionate, and I, I you know, I wanted to be upset for them because they were you know they were drunk and uh I felt sad for them it made me think about my own life and when I've been drunk at that time in the morning and you know how I'm glad I don't drink anymore but in that moment they were so rapturously in love with life and each other they were really physically affectionate with each other not they weren't like shagging or anything but they I think they loved each other you know uh and it was really it was real, and I don't want to like glamorize it. I'm sure they had a, a shit day later on, but it was, it was beautiful to see, and there was something miraculous about them. I'm gonna stop now because I'm just being a tosser. But like, you get what I'm. I just, I would love to know how that works out for you. But start watching the world and writing it down because the world will change. Now, um, next week uh, we're gonna bridge the gap into actually writing. I'm not. This is not gonna be more lists next week. Don't worry properly going into the, like the heart of it now and it's gonna be gentle because it's kind of only 10 minutes a week but it's quite radical in terms of leaping in um and and taking creativity and writing uh by the scruff of the neck i don't know what the scruff of the neck is uh, just the hairy bit of the neck i don't know um is it the back of your neck i thought isn't that your nape anyway um Look, if you some of you are going to be like so frustrated now, <laughs> you're so it's so annoying when you hear someone get something wrong on a podcast and you can't you can't tell them what they fucked up. 
<laughs> Sorry. Um, it is the it's the back of your neck, isn't it? Anyway, look, if you if I build up next week too much, anyway, it might make you start to feel intimidated. And um, and actually, this is the other thing about writing is like if you build it up too much in your head, then when you start to actually write the prose, it's it's always going to you're always going to start with the wrong scene. Uh, you're always going to start with the wrong sentence. The voice isn't going to be right. And you're going to feel flat and you're going to go, oh, I've been feeling so inspired. And this sense of nascent, this fragile sense of possibility is starting to dawn like a kind of like March sun through mist. You know, could spring be returning? And then you try to actually do the like hard work of writing a a chapter and and it feels a bit flat and you feel a bit crap about yourself. And you go, oh, no, I was wrong. I was wrong. And I was silly to think of that. What I hope... Um, that the list technique gives you is it, 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 I hope it helps you to see that there are options and I think I hope it helps you generate options and actually you can do it in so many areas of your life you know just write this list of, of, of mutually exclusive options different ways you can approach a problem because I think the more um, but, but but specifically in fiction the more you have this sense of, of there being a plurality of methods uh, multiple ways to uh, fillet felines, um, then uh, fillet felines. What the fuck, Tim? You could have just said skin a cat, couldn't you? You could have just said that, but I could. I was like, I was like, I was, I was. It's like I was doing a. I was like, I was doing a voiceover for like a for a, for like a nineteen nineties uh, sporting bloopers show. Where they, where just every, every, uh, every voiceover of a thing is just like we're gonna have marvelous moggies, uh, we're gonna have heinous hounds, we're gonna have uh, gurning grandmas, and farting firemen. Tune in after these messages. Um, look, so the more you have just have a sense of a plurality of methods, um, the more creative you're going to be and the less pressure any single attempt has and I think that applies to every aspect of, of, of writing when you see that you can come at a scene from all these different ways and so next week we're really really going to get into it um if you've come with me this far thank you for listening bless your heart uh, I love you to bits thank you for listening you're so kind you're too indulgent your uh, low entertainment threshold will be the ruin of Great Britain okay good luck everyone good luck with your writing Let me know how you're getting on, and I'll see you next week. Let's get bananas.